But first, Illinois lawmakers are looking to regulate the untraceable build-it-yourself firearms, also known as ghost guns. Chicago police recovered 72 ghost guns in 2019, and that number rose to 458 in 2021. A new bill sponsored by State Senator Jacqueline Collins and Representative Cam Buckner would require all guns to have a serial number. Senator Collins is joining us now to discuss this legislation. Welcome to Reset, Senator. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to have you. So could you tell us a little bit more about ghost guns and and how this issue came to your attention? Well, I believe that uh, we know that gun violence is a major concern that plagues our state's black and brown communities. And part of the uptick in violence, whether it's carjacking or retail theft, uh, these untraceable guns, um, I think... Um, are driving this problem. And you did mention in Chicago alone the police confiscated 458 last year. And I think uh, the problem really is a matter of how do we uh, get a handle uh, on uh, non-serialized ghost guns, get them off the street. And I think it would be a step forward in addressing the violent crime, you know, so we can start healing our communities and protecting our friends and our loved ones and our youth. uh, idea of putting forth legislation first came from uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart. Mm-hmm. He had a press conference last year, matter of fact, and we tried to move the legislation during the veto session, but were unsuccessful. And then so I reintroduced the bill uh, for the uh, January session. And so there have been various versions uh, of ghost gun legislation, but this is the only legislation that was able to clear both chambers. So how are people getting their hands on these ghost guns? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, I was just, do you have to be a certain age or pass a background check, or are they just completely under the radar? Well, that's the problem. You don't have to go through a, a background check. Uh, there's no age restriction because usually you can purchase these items or the kits or the assembly parts uh, over the Internet. So there's really no way uh, for uh, um, oversight uh, and it is a way of uh, skirting FOID uh, requirements as well as background checks. And so that's why we feel that it's so imperative that we move to put something in place to at least uh, make the right uh, step in trying to get a handle of the problem. And I know um, President Biden set forth uh, some initiatives uh, last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his, the federal rule really only regulates gun companies. You know, those companies that are engaged in the business of manufacturing, importing, or dealing in firearms, my legislation uh, would prevent all ghost guns uh, being restricted, even those in private hands, even those uh, made with a 3D printer. And so we know that so many of these ghost guns now are in private hands, and the federal rule will not even uh, uh, get at that predicament or the danger of them being in private hands. So how how would you, in the legislation, um, get the regulations on these guns if they're so behind the scenes? How do you how do you register them or add serial numbers? What are the details of the bill? Well, uh, what we would do with uh, with the Illinois State Police, uh, they would be responsible for possibly uh, following up on the penalty and the investigation. We know now that many of these ghost guns might be on the street and involved in the crimes, 
But when the law enforcement uh, tries to uh, investigate uh, the crime, uh, there's no way for them to uh, use that gun and trace back where it was sold, how it was transferred, or who was the last person in possession of it. So many of the guns might be left on the, at the scene, and there's no way for the, the, the hands are tied. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my cat. I forgot to remove my cat out of the office. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry about that. No, so okay. I, you know, I, you know, and I think the implementation of the legislation is still being worked out with the Illinois State Police as well as with the uh, Chicago Police in reference how to really follow up on it to ensure that the intent uh, of trying to curtail uh, the, the uh, incidents of these guns being on the street uh, would be how it'd be walked out or worked out. Sure. You mentioned 3D printed guns. Um, there's also something called a buy-build shoot gun. Um, w- would those be allowed under this bill? And sort of what would be the process for getting them, um, I guess, registered or, or labeled with a serial number? Well, I think any gun does not, or assembly part. Yeah, 3D printer is just, a, a, they make a gun with a receiver, mm-hmm. a frame, that's unserialized, so they would be required as well. Uh, they, we're giving them 180 days uh, of the uh, enactment of the act uh, to get the, that particular item serialized. So you, they would have to go to a federal firearms manufacturer or federal firearms dealer or other federal license um, entity authorized to provide uh, big marking the, um, the instrument. So they would probably be going to the same companies uh, that the federal rule applies to. Those are the in, the entities with the license, uh, federal firearm licenses. They would be the ones um, responsible for serializing or marking uh, the instrument. Hmm. You're listening to Reset. I'm Becky Vivi in for Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with State Senator Jacqueline Collins about a new bill aimed at regulating so-called ghost guns. Um, now, I understand, so ghost guns, they're these kits that get sold by gun manufacturers, but you're telling you're saying that other people can also build them and then um, they would have to go to a gun manufacturer to get them registered or serialized, if you will, correct? Yeah, well, the basically the gun kit, it might be just the parts. It mm-hmm. might be a frame. It might be the receiver. Um, and um, usually you can get those parts. <laughs> and they even have instructions, I believe. Uh, there's a blueprint on how to actually to build or to, um, yeah, to build the, the gun where it's operative. So, yes, they would still have to go to uh, one of the licensed firearm dealers to get it serialized. Okay. Now, gun legislation can be uh, difficult to come to consensus across the aisle. What type of conversations are you having with your GOP colleagues around this legislation? Well, I mean, I had that conversation prior to introducing the legislation. Of course, if you look at the voting tally, the vote tally in the Senate, uh, it was only carried by the Democratic, uh, my Democratic colleagues. There were no Republican votes on the bill in the Senate, and I believe it was the same in the House. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I I think that's the same uh, problem we have uh, in passing any gun legislation in the state. Um, the argument tends to be it's not the gun, it's the person with the gun. Uh, is that the gun that kills? Is the person with the gun that kills? Mm-hmm. I mean, any legislation is very difficult um, 
when you try to uh, pass a gun legislation, even though um, even the Second Amendment decision in Heller, I think it was uh, the Heller decision, even said there should be some restrictions. I mean, you do have a Second Amendment right, but there are still some restrictions that can be placed on uh, gun ownership. Uh, But that's completely um, dismissed. Uh, by some of my colleagues. So one critique of the bill um, does come from the NRA, which says the bill won't won't actually fight violent crime, but it will instead burden law-abiding citizens, uh, legal gun owners. Senator, how do you respond to that? Do you you believe this bill will be a burden on legal gun owners? I don't believe it's going to be a burden because many of the uh, law enforcement uh, officers have complained about their lack of uh, success in solving crimes. I have many uh, mothers in my uh, district who have lost their kids to gun violence, and part of the rationale of the argument, the pushback that they get from uh, the detective work or the uh, law enforcement is that, well, they really can't. There's no way for them to follow up or trace uh, the guns that are found on the, on the uh, scene or the premises of the crime. And so I think um, I think that could be that's a hypothetical argument. You know, let's see what happens. I mean, I think it's a hypothetical question and uh, answer to the problem. And I think what we're doing is actually putting something in place. If there are loopholes going forward, if there is no recession of um, the ghost guns being on the street, well, then we would go back and look at the legislation uh, to tweak it to make sure that we close any gaps or loopholes. But I don't think that is, I mean, that's the same argument they make about just gun possession in general, mm-hmm. you know. So I think uh, we have to do something. My community, my constituents are clamoring for something to be done. And I believe this is a step in the right direction. Right. And and that was my next question is, is how do you see this bill as, as contributing to a real reduction in gun violence in, in your communities that you represent? Well, I think a lot of the, the young criminals involved, um, they, this is their first introduction uh, to criminal activity, gang involvement, and if they know that uh, they can easily uh, possess a gun, because they're going to say the gun is for their protection, but usually that's not the case. It usually ends on harming someone else when you're shooting without being able to uh, have any kind of uh, instruction on how you use a firearm. So many innocent people are getting killed by the exchanges of the gunfire on the streets. Many kids doing homework at the, at the kitchen table are losing their lives, right? So I think it's appealing for the young uh, individual whose mindset is going in being involved in criminal activity so they can easily get this gun, uh, get on the street with it, and then shoot wildly and innocent people get killed. What is the timeline for the bill? The timeline, it goes to the governor now. So the governor basically, we're hoping that he moves on it uh, properly to have a public, we'd love to have a public signing, but usually when a bill goes to the governor, he has 60 days to act on it or veto it. After 60 days, it becomes law. There's no veto. But we will probably ask for uh, a public uh, signing. Okay. And, And then when would it go into effect? basically would go in effect uh, immediately after the signature. Okay, okay. And, you know, before I let you go, uh, shifting just a little little bit, I know you are one of 20 Democrats uh, running to represent Illinois' first congressional district on the south side of Chicago and in the south suburbs. I just wanted to touch base and see how, how you feel your campaign for Congress is going. 
Well, you know, I have been really involved up until last week uh, fulfilling my duties as a state senator. I tend to get more out in the district now uh, in reference to the congressional race. I think it's a matter of getting your story, your narrative, and getting my record. I'm the only one in this race with a legislative record uh, that proposes to accomplish what I've already done in the state Senate. Uh, my campaign is called Jackie for Justice, and my legislative agenda in the state Senate, as well as what I propose to do on the federal level, is to, it's deeply rooted in economic, social, and racial justice. And I'm hoping that people get the opportunity to actually look at my record. I, I, have re I don't have just rhetoric. I have a legislative record that I'm very proud to stand on. And this is the seat being vacated, vacated by Representative Bobby Rush. Yes. Obviously, like I mentioned, there's uh, 20 Democrats vying for that seat. And, um, you know, your work on, on this ghost gun legislation, is that something that you would advocate for at the federal level as well? Oh, sure, definitely. But other the other things that I've been involved with over the years is not only that, but closing the wealth gap between black, brown, and white communities. I chaired financial institutions, and I put forth legislation that capped all predatory lending in Illinois. That means that all, they, all payday lenders now are required uh, if, uh, to restrict interest rates to 36%. So my thing has been closing. How do you close the wealth gap? And that you look at the lack of access to capital for small entrepreneurs, black uh, businesses that want to open. Uh, I've also passed the Illinois Community Renewal Act. Now I'm holding all banks, mortgage companies, and credit unions uh, accountable uh, for their um, mission, fulfilling their mission within the communities that, in which they serve. So one of the uh, one of the um, objectives is moving on the federal level because I can deal more with federal regulated banks than I can with state regulated banks. Mm -hmm. So I would love to take on uh, a partnership with Elizabeth Warren because she is the person that I admire totally for what she's been able to do and raise the policy issues that need to be addressed. Wonderful. That is State Senator Jacqueline Collins. She sponsored the legislation uh, regulating ghost guns and is also running for Illinois' first congressional district uh, in the June 28th primary coming up here. Thank you so much for joining us, Senator Collins. Thank you. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.